Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Climbing Business Journal podcast. I'm John Bergman, your host for today's episode. And if you've listened to the previous episodes of the CBJ podcast, you know that the aim is to inform and connect and inspire people who work in or with climbing businesses. And that's certainly all present in today's episode. But I wanna start with a question. How would your parents have responded if you had told them, mom, dad, I wanna open a climbing gym? Or if you're a parent, how would you respond if your kid posed that dream to you? That's exactly what happened with Crux Climbing in Alabama. Today's guest, Jackson Scott, told his parents that he wanted to open a climbing gym. And although there was a lot of hard work along the way, the end result was Crux Climbing, opened and operated and co-owned by Jackson and his parents. It was a family dream that became a family reality. So I wanted to talk to Jackson about all of that, but I also wanted to talk to him about what he learned in the gym's first year or so of operations. What were the biggest challenges? What were some of the biggest lessons, especially when it came to navigating the business and family dynamics? So I hope you find Jackson's story and his dream to start a climbing gym informative and inspiring. Here's my conversation with Jackson Scott. CBJ and this podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. Vertical Solutions leads the evolution of rock climbing gyms through their passion for climbing and tangible artistry. They proudly produce walls, floors, holds from multiple brands, and offer consultation. Through superior craftsmanship and unparalleled aesthetics, Vertical Solutions pushes the boundaries of what a climbing gym can be, bringing exceptional projects to life from start to finish. Learn more at vsclimbinggyms.com. True Blue is the only auto belay with magnetic braking. They're proud to be the official auto belay of USA Climbing, and True Blues can be found on climbing walls across the world. Their one-of-a-kind no-delay belay program will automatically ship you a ready-to-hang True Blue before your current one is due for service. Learn more at headrushtech.com. Jackson, thanks so much for coming on to the, the podcast today. And I want to start by saying how much I enjoy Crux Climbing's backstory, which I wrote about when the gym opened. You and I chatted, uh, I guess, a little more than a year ago at this point. But basically, you got interested in climbing to the point where you you even built a home wall. And around that time, you you also headed to college at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And you noticed that there wasn't really a commercial climbing gym for the people around that city and for the students at the university. So you had this idea to create a gym, to build a climbing gym. You told your parents about that idea, and the end product of that dream was eventually Crux Climbing. So I guess the first question, when you sat your parents down and you explained to them that you wanted to open a climbing gym, what was that conversation like? And what was maybe the aspect of your your pitch to them, for lack of a better word, that prompted your parents to get on board and to be supportive in you realizing this dream? Absolutely. 
also thank you so much sean for uh, reaching back out it's good to see you and uh yeah, I guess the answer to that would just be uh, at first, you know, they didn't even know really what climbing was. They just knew like, oh, it's it's climbing. Even after I built the home wall, watching me, they kind of understood, but not really. So my first goal was uh, when they sat, they sat me down, actually, and they uh, they were like, hey, you know, you need to kind of figure out what you want to do and get out of the house. And I was like, OK, that's when I pitched it to them. I set it up as uh, I just explained the whole culture of climbing and how it was like a community I'd never seen before. And everyone was super friendly and, you know, competitive, but a different type of competitiveness that I had never seen before. So I, I showed that to them and they really liked that. And I showed them, you know, my home wall with how it was set up. You know, it was just a simple wall, but it had a couple different angles and it was enough. And I was just like, you know, we just need to blow this up just a little bit. Nothing crazy. Cause you know, they didn't even know what a bigger commercial gym looked like. So I, you know, showed them what the top of the line gym was and then kind of like what the 90s style, like just really small tight knit gym. That's like, you know, maybe wood holds that were made with like an angle grinder or something. And that's kind of like what my home wall was too. It was it was a lot of like homemade stuff. I really pitched that to them, and and uh, honestly, I definitely got lucky. My parents are wonderful people, and they believed in me, and they they were like even not really understanding climbing, knew like okay, if he's this passionate about it, and you know was willing to go to the steps of like building a home wall and get involved with like what it takes to start the process that I was serious about it. They definitely, definitely stood by me with just every idea that I had. I love that your pitch to them or the sizzle to them was, okay, it's like a home wall, but bigger. Right, <laughs> right. And, and that was, that was enough to get them, to get them on board. And, you know, I would have friends come over and they would climb with me. Like the, the guys that got me into climbing. You know, it was just us hanging out, listening to music and, and climbing with the garage door up with the sun going down. So it was like just this perfect moment. And I was like, this could be enjoyed by so many more people. And it's something I loved. I was like, I hope I could do something like this for the rest of my life that I just I'm so passionate about it. That's kind of how it branched out. Another aspect of Crux's story, your Jim's story, is that you took some time off of school. I said that you were in school, University of Alabama, but then you took some time off. And I remember the last time you and I talked, you explained to me that building the climbing gym became your de facto education in a way. Definitely. So I'm curious if you can elaborate on that a little bit and explain. What was educational about building a climbing gym? Because if we can say it's it's just a home wall, but bigger. But of course, anybody listening and, and you know that it's way more than that. So can you chat about that a little bit? You know, I've always struggled in school just with taking tests and things like that. You know, just the pressure of it all. It definitely is a hard thing to do. And I wanted to give it a shot. You know, I didn't want to not try. That's always been like my motto is I'd rather try and fail than never try. 
So I, I came to the University of Alabama and uh, I really had a great time here. And I love the university and I love the town. And I got to the point where I guess I matured just a little bit. And I was like looking at the money side of things. And I was like, well, if I'm spending all this money and I'm not, you know, I really don't even know what I want to do. I did know I was in you know, school for business. I was uh, just general business. I still didn't have an idea, but I knew that I wanted to start a business of my own. And then with climbing, it's just like, it's one of those things you never see it until all of a sudden it's just right in front of you. And I'm like, you know, that's it. But definitely, like you were saying, um, I knew that I would rather try to do something like just, just physical. Like I was... I don't know what it was. I was just sitting in class and I just, I couldn't, I was having a hard time paying attention. And uh, when I went home and I got this idea, I knew right off the bat that like, I would have so much more experience just dealing with people and talking with people and just, you know, renovation side of things. You know, I, I honestly looked at real estate and doing that as a, as a hobby or not as a, as a, as a career. And I like the renovation side of that. So I was like, well, that has a little bit of that in it, you know, some build and like you take this existing building and turn it into something different. There's been so many things that I've never thought I would, I would uh, get to learn and, and have, have the opportunity to have some experience with. Well, you mentioned the business aspect and one of the most intriguing aspects of your gym's creation and, and its operation to me is that it is a family business. It is a family affair between yourself and, and your parents operating it. Can you explain how the, the duties are divvied up a little bit? And I guess a larger question, have there ever been any instances where the family dynamic complicates things, complicates owning a business? Yes, there are definitely a few things that complicates it. Overall, I would say that it's wonderful just in the fact that like, even though my parents are definitely like, you know, they're, we're a three-way owner evenly. And they definitely have as equal to say as I do. They definitely still trust me as like, just like it was in the beginning. They know that I'm the one that's here and like, I can just kind of see, you know, the, the flow of, you know, everything that's happening and, and what needs to be changed. They live two hours away. So if I do need help with something, whether it's at the bank or taking care of a, a certain bill or, you know, I just don't have time for something. It does get difficult just having time for everything. That's the number one difficulty with it all. But I have been able to hire a few employees, students that are uh, at the university that are very passionate about climbing, and they, they've helped me out a tremendous amount when I needed it. Let's talk about the gym's first year of operation. Survey the operation as you look back on it now. Or maybe even before that, as you as you remember getting ready to open the gym, and then as you look back on it now, how has the first year or so of operating the gym been similar or different to what you expected it would be? I was really scared at first, like right before we opened, you know, obviously just to have people in here. I was like, oh no, you know. I've got to get the name out and and get people here because I I knew if I could get them here that that they would see the same vision that I saw and would, would enjoy it and uh, hopefully want to you know start to build a community and friends and whatnot. 
And that's what I was going to say is, is I've seen change the most. And the first year it was just me building relationships and people coming in and just, they had a lot of questions like, Oh, is this a family business or is this a chain? And I would kind of give them just a, you know, a quick backstory and just, because they didn't know. They're like, well, do people do regular workouts here or do they just climb? Some people you know, didn't even know what just a bouldering gym was. So there was a lot of things to explain. But for the most part, it was great. It was definitely slow times, but it was great just seeing people's faces, see something new in, their, in the town for the first time and like something new to try. And then for the people, of course, that climb, just having a really cool wall that they had never seen before with new stuff, because the university definitely has a wall, a couple walls, and it's just very difficult for them to staff it and have the hours for even people just in the town to come in. Uh, it's just a difficult situation. The difference now and then is uh, there's definitely more members and there's more traffic and whatnot. And I think that's just based off of word of mouth and people finding out about it. But definitely it's the relationships. I am the owner and I'm trying to save money and, you know, pay the bills. And that's why I work so much, you know, just myself. But it's awesome because I'm able to go out there and climb and get to know the members on like a personal level, have relationships with them. So it's like I'm not just seeing customers come in. I'm seeing friends come in because now all my friends have moved out of town, you know, from college and it's just me, but I've, I've built all these new friends in the gym and it's not even like I see it as a, as work anymore. You know, it's just like, I'm going to the gym, I'm working, but at the same time, I've, I've got all these friends here and uh, they're giving me really good, honest feedback too, just about everything, you know, like, Hey, you know, this doesn't really work over here, change this. And that's what really helps me with just the flow of everything. Can you give any specific example of some feedback that somebody has given you or a recommendation or something like you said that you had to change or do differently that has evolved over that past this past year? Definitely a couple things. Something as simple as like where the weights are located, you know, just changing and making room for that. Just more inviting uh, area in the next two things like it's next to the moon board now. So it's kind of like right next to the training area. And then all the way down to like how the routes are, you know, like, hey, do y'all like just the wall packed full, like more routes opposed to like the wall looking pretty, you know, and having defined routes with really good looking lines, things like that. And also just like small stuff like, hey, you know, could we get some Gatorades in here or, you know, refreshments, things like that. We didn't really have like a request for this, but small things that we've added is like, you know, a projector just to have on for, for games and things. Just more things that are other than climbing that people can do there is kind of what the also the gist has been, you know, just so that they can just hang out and um, not just climb. You're talking a lot about like the community and the, and the clientele and Crux is, is modestly sized, certainly compared to some other gyms around the country. It's 5,000 square feet. I think I remember you telling me that the bouldering walls were about 12 feet tall, maybe 55 feet in length. And it, and it is bouldering focused. So there are no ropes. So how does a gym that's modestly sized like that approach programming? In other words, how do you maximize the space? Because there are 
people that are climbing on their own. There are people, like you said, university students that want to come in and use the space, maybe train a, a little more methodically. There's a lot of different people to, and, and kind of different types of clientele to pack into that relatively small space. How do you yeah. do it? So on the, we have a wall, as you said, it was, that was a perfect description. It's a, it's 12 foot tall and it's about 55 foot long and it's got, um, you know, a good mat that comes out on the other side of the wall directly across from that is the moon board. Then, like I said, we, we put the weights right next to it. And then right next to that, we have some Olympic rings kind of just hanging from a beam. So everything is, you know, definitely it's packed in, but it's also like, it's got its own area. And here recently, we actually added a Grandmaster Grasshopper board to the back wall where the weights used to be. So it's kind of like dead center of the gym. Like right when you walk in, it's like the first thing you see. That's one way we've done it is, is the Grasshopper board. I, I did a lot of research on as far as like different training boards and what we really needed. And I was kind of torn because I was having, you know, some kids come in and, and new new beginners. And it's really hard to cater, like you were saying, to a wide genre of like climbers, beginners all the way to like, you know, expert. And honestly, that was a huge addition that I think we had to have was the grasshopper. Um, the adjustable grandmaster. So it's able to go up to the easier like 10 degree incline and it's got easier holds on it. So I've had some kids be able to get on it. So it's like, I wanted a kid's wall specifically, you know, for them. But then again, I was like, ah, I still want to stick to the training. And that still gives it, you know, the 60 degree overhang with crazy slopers. And so that has definitely helped us out with a variety. I guess the big question, maybe what lessons have you learned as, as, the, as the owner or co-owner with your parents, as the you know, operator of this gym in its first year, year plus, what are the big bits of wisdom that you've acquired? I'd say the most important one is that I'm not trying to sell a membership anymore. Like I am at the base of it, but at the, at the same time, I'm not. I'm selling, you know, climbing to the person. I'm just trying to get that person into the community because I just how I've seen it's changed the way I think in my whole life. You know, I, I never would have imagined that I would be climbing at all. So I, I definitely have just shifted my mindset to like, you know, it's it's not important whether, you know, they they get the membership or they they're they're coming every week for the money. It's about building a relationship with the person and just making them feel at home and um at the same time introducing this awesome sport. That's a huge one. I've definitely learned that it's just takes a lot, lot more time and energy than you, you ever think it will, but it's all worth it for sure. You know, just seeing the community grow, you know, from something that like that was never here in just a matter of two years, you know, it's, it's grown into this really cool community of people that, you know, it was here, just needed a place to, to, to bond. What is the most time consuming aspect of it all? For me personally, mm -hmm. the most time consuming aspect for me is probably vacuuming as funny as that sounds you know and it's it's weird a lot of people don't like uh loose chalk and a lot of gyms don't allow it. but i was like oh that's climbing you know you got to be dirty you got to have a bunch of loose chalk everywhere 
and I've paid the price for it. I've, I've ended up vacuuming hours and hours, but you know, at the same time, if it lets the climber feel like he's a little bit closer to outside, uh, I'll do it. So that's one thing. Uh, but of course, just the hours we're open almost all week, except for Sunday, just the hours definitely add up like 70 plus a week. You haven't changed your idea now to to only to, to being liquid to liquid chalk. You you still allow after all the vacuuming, you're still up for allowing loose chalk in the gym. Still up for it, yeah. It's a lot of vacuuming, a lot of work, but uh, it's just it's too much fun. Well, maybe as a kind of a closing question, there was a time in the industry where almost every gym that opened was created by just a a passionate climber or maybe a family of climbers or by a couple of friends who partnered up sort of that grassroots mom and pop model, business model. And that's not always the case now. Some gyms are are part of big national chains with multi-million dollar investments and investors. But if there is another family somewhere that hears your story and gets inspired and wants to open up their own climbing gym in that same mom and pop model, for lack of a better word. What advice can you give to that family? No matter what it looks like, you know, whether how many doors seem to close, don't give up on it because those need to exist. And um, there will always be those big gyms that are awesome. And uh, at the same time, I just, there's something about, the close knit and the smallness of the gym that it's just people, people are drawn to it. They feel like it's, it's something that they're a part of and they are not to say that big gyms aren't, but there is just a definitely different feel when you walk into a gym and that there's only a couple people on the wall or you're able to talk with the owner or, you know, get that backstory on how it opened and, and have them tell you, you know, how they got into climbing on a personal level, definitely don't give up on any, any opportunities that look like, Oh, there's just no way that we can make it happen. There's always a reason for something happening. So whether that's losing the building that you wanted or, or not having a hard time finding a a company that's going to build your wall for you, always look and, you know, keep, keep sourcing out other, other ideas and options. Never just accept the failure. Always, always look for a solution. It's interesting that you say don't give up because part of your gym's story, which we didn't really even get into, but part of your story is that you were opening up during the pandemic, basically, right? Like that was a, that timeline aligned with your gym's opening or your, the planning of your gym and the the construction of your gym and stuff like that. So I think the don't give up philosophy has pretty unique application when it comes to your gym and, and all the closures, forced closures, recommended closures, all that stuff that happened along with the pandemic. But you managed to navigate it. Absolutely. It was definitely a hard time. And uh, it's something that, you know, nobody was ready for. And we definitely did not expect. But like I said, yeah, you know, we were like, you know, we're not going to let this stop a dream come into light. And uh, especially when it, it, you know, is something for for people to enjoy you know it's not just like a personal dream it's it's something for a lot of people yeah well jackson this is 
great to circle up with you again a year later, a year after we talked and I reported on the gym's opening. We'll have to circle up again. I, I want to hear these periodic updates about how everything's going. I'm excited that the gym has connected with the community there, and it sounds like it's really serving a purpose for a lot of people, which is great. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, John. And uh, I appreciate it. We will continue to grow. And hopefully uh, when we talk to you next, we'll have some more stories and some more things to offer. Thanks for listening to today's episode about Crux Climbing in Alabama. Thanks to Jackson Scott for coming on the show. And thanks to our sponsors. Be sure to tune in next time. We'll have another show soon with another guest. And if you're digging the podcast, it helps us if you spread the word. Tell your climber friend, tell your belayer, tell a coworker, give CBJ a follow on Instagram, all that stuff. We'll see you next time.